We're in our final week. flannel graph hero series and Cody just did a phenomenal job in setting up our last hero Rahab Rahab the unlikely hero in our first week quickly in review we talked about Josiah and the elephant and The message was basically we've got to deal with the elephant in the room before it crowds out our life and before we forget it's even there. Our theme in part two was redeeming love, the life of Naomi. A very special week. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that sermon and how it came and how God changed my mind that I thought it was going to, supposed to be about Ruth, and he changed my mind and said, no, no, it's Naomi. And this week, I got an, an email or a, a Facebook, private Facebook message from someone in this church, that I won't name, who came down to the altar that day as a, as a Ruth, someone who was standing with someone else in their storm, sticking with them. They weren't here. That other person wasn't here. That other young woman that she was standing in for had lost her child in in foster care and actually they had taken the child in. She was standing there praying for this other person, standing there as her Ruth. Listen, 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 don't miss this. In the very same moment at another church, that young lady was in the altar getting saved. His, God's redeeming love never gives up on us. Even when we go through those seasons of depression and seasons of bitterness, where in those moments we have given up on Him. He never stops. Hallelujah. Powerful. And then last week we talked about reckless abandon, the life of Peter. We found out God wants to turn our weirdness into weapons. I'm glad somebody remembered because I would have been really depressed. He wants to turn our weirdness into weapons. Even our quirkiness, even the weirdness he wants to help shape and use for his kingdom. The big idea was that if we truly want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if we truly choose discipleship in the way of following Jesus, there is no obstacle that can stand in our way, not even us. Not even our weirdness. I was uh, at, with Rachel, uh, my youngest daughter, I was with her at soccer practice last week and, and I actually heard her quoting part of my sermon to her friends. I'm like, what? Can you believe that? Has you any, I mean, that's like the parenting moment of your life. And I heard her quoting. Then I found out later she had like put almost, she had taken notes on that message last week and put it almost the whole thing on her Instagram and like was with commentary. And so as we were leaving the soccer field, she said, Dad, let me do a rainbow over your head. And what that is, for, and I didn't know what it was either, so it's okay. 
what that is is she has this move where she, she flips the soccer ball over her head, and she wanted me to stand there and be in line, line of fire as well, knowing that the ball could have hit me right in the head. She said, I said, like, no way. I'm like, no, I'm not going to stand. And she said, oh, a walk of faith doesn't always make sense. <laughs> Go ahead. And she did it. Still had my head. Isn't that amazing? I put it on Facebook, and I was, you know, it just reminded me, our kids are listening. And they are watching. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get back to Rahab again. Cody did a phenomenal job in introducing our character for today. But as I researched and I studied this story again, I noticed five things that she did. This is a note-taking day, as many of them are. <laughs> she, she did five things, I believe, that God used in her life to change everything. Five things that saved her and her entire family from utter destruction. Five things that made Rahab the harlot. She was always, in the, if you read scripture, almost every time she is mentioned, it's not just Rahab. It's Rahab the harlot or Rahab the prostitute. You know, when she was like 75 years old, I bet when she was introduced that way, at one point she was just like, can we just move on? <laughs> Quit it. Anybody been there? Please leave my past alone behind me. Let's move on. <laughs> but five things that this prostitute, this reject of society, what made her an unlikely hero, and it's an example for us today. I'm going to be in Joshua chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1. It's on the screen in the New Living Translation, and I said screen because my staff gets on to me every single week for saying bored. He said, Pastor, it's not a board. You're not got a chalk in your hands. It's not a chalkboard. It's a screen. So I'm saying screen. It's on tape. It's screen. So it's on. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to make sure they noticed that. Verse, uh, verse 1, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove. Now remember, this is interesting to me because 40, almost 40 years prior, Joshua was one of the spies. He was one of how many? 12 spies that Moses sent out not long after they had come out of Egypt, about two years after they had come out of Egypt, and he sent 12 spies into the land of, of that, that area to, to, to scout it out. But he was only one of two who gave a faith report back and said, hey, God is on our side and it is a great land and we can take the land. But the other ten said they're too big. Those armies are too vast. The walls are too high and we will be destroyed. I wonder if that experience that Joshua had influenced him in only sending out two spies this time and handpicking them. I think it probably did. Listen to me. It's always good to get advice and help and counsel when we have something big that's coming up. But look at the screen. Too many voices can be confusing and ultimately delay God's best for your life. Now that is some good preaching right off the bat right there. 
Too many voices can be confusing and delay God's best for your life. We need help. We need counsel. But we don't need a bunch of negative talking heads around us telling us all these different things. We need to allow probably two or three people to talk and speak into our life. And those people need to be handpicked. We need to know their track record. We need to know that they're in God's word. We need to know that they walk with God. We need to know that they hear from God. And then we will allow them to speak into our life. But we need to shut down the negative voices because they can be confusing and keep you from your purpose and your destiny. The children of Israel were stuck in the desert for 40 years because of those negative voices and God had to wait for them to die. He had to wait for them to die. I say let's cut off the voices now, save some time, and move forward in the Lord with what he's called us to do. Give him praise if you're with me. Come on, we got to cut off the negative voices that are trying to keep us from our purpose in Christ. Hallelujah. Continue on. He instructed them, Joshua, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Now we find out later that Rahab's house was actually built into the wall of Jericho and near the gate where everybody who went in and came out, they went right by her house. How convenient. So why would two men of God stay there? First, I think it's because they needed a place to hide from prying eyes. When you go, somebody goes into a place like that, it's not like they're really looking around. Come on. Second, scholars believe that Rahab was also an innkeeper. And so this was actually a place to stay while they were in Jericho. But we find out in the next verse that their plan does not go does not pan out. Verse 2. But someone told the king of, of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. We don't know what happened. Somebody saw them go in. Somebody saw them, recognized they were not uh, local, that they were Israelite people, and they, they, they ratted them out. Verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Verse 4. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied... Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left town at dusk. The gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath the bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossings of the Jordan River. And as uh, as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. So for reasons we don't yet know in the story, Rahab lies to the king. An offense that is punishable by death. Why in the world would she risk her life for these Israelite men? Why would she stick her neck out for these complete strangers? Listen, all she, listen, all she had to do was say the word. And these men would have been arrested, executed, and she would have been the hero. 
So what caused her to put that immediate gratification and reward away? Verse 8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Now listen to verse 10. For we have heard. Everybody say heard. Heard. We have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left. Now she's talking about something that happened almost 40 years prior. She probably wasn't even 40 yet. But she had heard about the miracles. She had heard about the plagues. She had heard about the miraculous exodus and about the the, the Israelites walking through. She had heard about it. And we know, she says, that what you did to Sion and Og, we know about that. The two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River whose people you completely destroyed. Here's the first point. Rahab heard about the favor of God on Israel. She heard about the favor of God on Israel. She had a holy fear that I think went past being terrified like everybody else. I think there was more, I think she knew there was more to it than just being afraid. It's not, holy fear is not just being afraid. There is a respect involved. She knew that if those stories that she had heard about were true, then Jericho's great walls and those, their idols and their gods were no match for this God of Israel. So she took it seriously. Here's the application. Today, right now, we are hearing the word of God. We are reading it. We are going through it. I am teaching it. We are unpacking it verse by verse. And we need to take that seriously. And just like in our worship, we don't want to just check off a box and say, hey, we came to church and we worship. Don't move, don't quickly move past these moments where the word of God is broken. Don't rush out. Don't make it fast food. My Lord, that was good. Somebody write that down. Write that. That's a book right there. I can pay our church off with that book right there. Come on, somebody. I'm going to speak it right now. Don't make this what we're doing right now fast food. This is not drive-through religion. There's something else involved. And that's hard for us because we live fast food lives. Don't we? We can't even sit down hardly and enjoy a meal. Savor it. Think about it, course by course. My Lord, this is good. Thank you, Lord. I'm not that smart. I didn't write that down. God's trying to tell us something, to take this seriously. The walls of your heart, the walls of your life are no match for Jehovah God. And when his favor is on you and on me, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Rahab heard about the favor of God and she took it seriously. Verse 11. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God, listen to this, she says, is the supreme God. 
He's the top dog. He is on top. There is no one above him. He is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. That right there was her confession of faith. Now she hasn't just heard about the favor of God. The second point is Rahab believed in the favor of God. Rahab moved from just hearing to belief in the favor of God. She put her faith in God. Listen to what Hebrews 11 says about her. You know what Hebrews 11 is, right? The faith chapter the whole thing's about the people of faith. Listen, she's mentioned in verse 11, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11:30 says it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for 7 days and the walls came crashing down. But listen to 31, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute, there it is. Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. She is mentioned in the hall of faith because she was not destroyed. And because she took it seriously and because she believed in God. In John 6, 29, Jesus says that the real work that God wants from us is belief. Belief. Listen to this uh, quote. I don't have, uh, it's an unknown author. Sin won't keep you from God, but unbelief will. Sin won't keep you from God, but unbelief will. What does that mean? Well, sin won't keep us from God because we have Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers and rescues and redeems us. But unbelief will keep us from God if we're not willing to believe it. Rahab moved beyond just hearing to believing. And we need to do the same. Listen to me. You may have been in church all your life. Hearing. The word of the Lord. Hearing about God. But if you have never, I don't care if you've been to church 50 years. If you have never moved from hearing to believing, you are not saved. It is absolutely a pillar of our faith. Belief. She believed. Verse 12. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered. Did you notice she says when and not if? Come on. She believed. She says when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my mother or my father, mother, brothers and sisters and all their families. So the third point, Rahab sought the favor of God for herself and her family. She just didn't believe. She, now she, she, wanted, she wanted, she sought God and his favor. Rahab wasn't just trying to save her own neck. She was thinking about her loved ones. She knew that their lives were hanging in the balance and they didn't even have a clue. They were going on as business as usual, but she knew what was coming. And she was seeking, my, that's powerful, she was seeking God's favor for them. How many have loved ones and co-workers and friends that don't have a clue right now? They do not, come on, I'm asking you to raise your hand, that do not know, listen to me, today, today, and at the end, we're going to seek God for them. 
We're going to pray for them. We're going to stand in the gap for them. We're going to seek God's favor for their life for them. How many's with me? You want to do that? Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Let's praise God. We can't praise him enough. Verse 14. We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the, the spies said. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when the Lord gives us this land. Then, since Rahab's house was built into the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days from the men searching for you. Then when they have returned, you can go on your way. Verse 17. Before they left, the men told her, We will be bound by the oath we have taken only if you follow these instructions. When we come into the land, you must leave this scarlet rope hanging from the window through which you let us down. And all your family members, your father, mother, brothers, and all your relatives must be here inside the house. If they go out into the streets and are killed, it will not be our fault. If anyone lays a hand on people inside this house, we will accept the responsibility for their death. If you betray us, however, we are not bound by this oath in any way. Verse 21 says, uh, she says, I accept your terms. And she sent them on their way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. The scarlet rope was a symbol of her faith and belief in the favor that she was asking for. Folks, look, this whole story is a picture of redemption. It's a picture of rescue. It's a picture of what Christ has done. And it's also a picture of the coming judgment by God of our people, of this world. The impending judgment. When God return, when Christ returns. You guys do believe that, right? This world is going to be judged. Jericho was going to be judged for its wickedness. It's, it's, a, it's a picture of the same thing. Rahab represents all of us. And this scarlet rope that she had represents the blood of Jesus offered as a way of escape, a way of rescue, a way of redemption. Remember we talked about redemption being pulled out of a situation and placed safely over here. Hallelujah. Let me ask us a question, a hard question. How can we dare to seek God's favor if we are not even willing to let the scarlet rope be visible in our lives. Ooh. I know it's sinking in. Let me read it again. How can we dare to seek God's favor? How can we ask him to bless our kids? How can we ask him to bless our finances? How can we ask for a job promotion? How can we ask him to heal our body? How can we ask him for any kind of favor whatsoever if we're not even willing to let the scarlet cloth be, be visible, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ be obvious in our life. How? Luke 9.26 is one of the toughest words of Jesus in the Bible, in the New Testament. He says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Whew. Jesus is just supposed to be love and peace and no no 
Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the reigning King of glory. And he is just and he is righteous. He is full of grace and he is full of mercy. And that's why he's giving us time. But how can we ask for the favor of God in our life if we're not even willing to demonstrate the love of Jesus in ours? Rahab had to let that cord hang visible to everyone that passed. And we need to do that as well. Let's fast forward to the conclusion of our story with Rahab in Joshua 6, 20. When the people heard that the sound, or the sound of the ram's horns as the Israelites, they shouted as, as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Now look up here just a second. Don't get distracted. Listen to me. This was not a fairy tale. This is not a legend. This really happened. I stood in Jericho. I have been there. I have seen where archaeologists have uncovered where the walls of Jericho, they did not fall over. My God, they went straight down. The earth just opened up and swallowed them. And and they're there. You can still see pieces of them down in the ground, except for one small area. Verse 21, they completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkeys. Folks, this was horrible. This was horrific. This was bloody. This was judgment. Verse 22, meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all her family. The men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, mother, brothers, and all the relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near. Everybody say near. You'll remember that. Near the camp of Israel. The fourth point is Rahab received the favor of God. She sought the favor of God and now she has received the favor of God. Folks, there is more. Listen. There is more to a relationship with Jesus Christ than just belief. But most Christians stop there. They stop there. Are they saved? Yes, I believe they are. Look on the screen. God wants us to receive from him and not just believe in him. There is more. Say that with me. There is more. Say it again. There is more. Our Christian story only begins with salvation. There is a journey of faith that includes discipleship. It it, it moves on from our calling to our calling to our purpose to our assignment in him. Listen, please don't miss this. It's in being obedient to those things that the joy of the Lord comes, that you are satisfied in your relationship with him, that you are blessed, and that you have the favor of God on your life. It's in walking in. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands if you believe God. That's what God wants for you. But... Too often, Roy, we stop at belief. 
And then we are discouraged and like, is this it? Is it just fire insurance? Not ever what God wanted. Rahab received the favor. And it's my job to remind you weekly, if I have to, that there's more to this thing. James tells us that faith without works is what? That was pretty weak. And I think you knew the answer. Faith without works is dead. Over a thousand years before James would pin that, Rahab understood something that we need to understand. Our faith must be demonstrated by our function. Our faith must be demonstrated by our function. She had to do something with the favor that she'd been given. And so she made the faith deal and she followed that up with action. She warned her family. Come on, folks, we're going to pray for those people at the end, but we got to follow that up with relationship building. We got to follow that up with a phone call, somebody. We got to follow that up with a text message. We got to follow that up with having coffee or something or inviting them to dinner, doing something to connect the dots because you are the answer to that prayer. In Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. Not just pray about it. That was, that, was not, that was not nice, I'm sorry. Because we do need to pray. That was one of the steps. That's not where it stops. She had to do something, and they were saved. Verse 24. It's the last page. You ready? <laughs> then the Israelites burned the town and everything in it, and the only things that uh, made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron were kept from the treasury for the treasury for the Lord's house. Verse 25, so Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house. Now listen, I wonder if there were those who refused to listen to her. Somebody said, I'm sure there were. How hard, how difficult that must have been. For her. They had to be in the house. Some of this scripture is very hard, but it's very clear. It's black and white. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. You hear a preacher on TV or on the radio saying that, that all faiths lead to the same God. You need to switch it off. That's a lie. If that's the truth, we need to go to the house and drink sweet tea. And just sell the building because that's, that's false doctrine. And mark my words, that's going to become more and more popular as we get down the road. So it's because she had hidden the spies Joshua and Jericho and she lives among, now I say among, she lives among the Israelites to this day. At first, did you notice verse 23 said she and her family lived near. They moved them near the camp for safety. But now as time went on, she lived among them. She became one of them. She was grafted in. She was adopted in just like you and just like me. She didn't belong, but she was there because of grace, because of mercy, and because of favor. 
Listen, I'm going to read one more section of scripture, and guess what? It's the one we always pass over. It's the one we always skip when we do our Bible reading, and we begin Matthew chapter 1. We go, oh, I'll just skip all that begat, 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 begat. This may be the most powerful thing I say all day. Listen. Just listen. Oh, just listen. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah. I may take a lap here in a second. Just watch out. A descendant of David of Ab- and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amenadab. Amenadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Now look at verse 5. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. My God, did you know that? Rahab was Ruth's new mother-in-law. Did you? What? You can't make this up. Nobody's smart enough to come up with a story like that. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obad, whose mother uh, was Ruth. Ruth, Obad was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. The final point is this. Rahab walked in the favor of God. And all of us are better off. I'm talking about every one of us. You see, because she was a Gentile. My God, she was not a Jew. She was not supposed to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. But she was there. She was there. She is there. And she was there, Caesar, on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It was there because of the providence and the sovereignty of God to remind us of the unmerited favor of God on our life, of the grace and the mercy and the favor that is available to every person if they only ask. Hallelujah. Rahab heard about the favor. Then she believed in the favor of God. Then she sought the favor of God. Then she received the favor. And then she found herself and her family walking in the favor of God. My old pastor in Tennessee calls it walking in the fog. Favor of God. How many want to walk in the fog? I'm not talking about some, I'm not talking about some TV stupid, name it, claim it, flip it, grip it, blab it, grab it, all of that. I'm talking about the favor of God that changes things, that breaks down walls, that rescues the unlost and the saved, that heals the sick, that touches the blind, that causes, come on, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a new Cadillac. I'm sorry. Nothing wrong with Cadillac. That's not what this is about. Big idea. If we can move beyond simple belief to faith in action, we can walk in the favor of God and everyone around us will be better for it. Do you understand that if you get this and if you start doing it, 
you move beyond belief into faith and action. You begin walking in the favor of God. You understand it will affect everyone around you. Your household, the people you work with, the people you go and do recreation with, the people you eat with, the people you shop with, all of those things, it will affect them. It will affect them. Would you stand with me? Bow your heads.